Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast today. My name is Terry Fletcher. Happy Valentine's Day. We are in the middle of February. Um, Actually, my daughter is a Valentine baby. Well, almost, so her birthday was yesterday. But I'm happy to have you here today. So today I wanted to talk to you about a couple things. I am going to talk to you a little bit about some coding, obviously CodeCast podcast. But one of something that happened to me actually in the last week that it gave me some time to reflect on my career and where I'm going and some of the things that I'm doing as a, a consultant, as a coding and reimbursement consultant, as an educator, an auditor, etc. And I, I just wanted to kind of bring something to your attention. And it's, you know, when one, and I'm sure you've heard this before, when one door closes, uh, you know, another window floods in or opens. And I have quite a bit of clients. I work, oh my gosh, like 70, 80 hours a week. And due to budgetary constraints, I do have one client that decided to scale back, my biggest client actually, their auditing needs. So that'll scale back what I'm doing to where I can actually work a normal work week, hopefully. And I was actually a little nervous about that because I'm thinking, okay, well, that's almost 30% of my income and that's quite a bit of chunk. But then as soon as I got the notice that they're scaling it back, not canceling the contract, but just scaling it back quite a bit. I thought, okay, no problem. Um, You know, that'll give me time to work on this one project I've been trying to get off the ground for a year. And it'll give me more time to really dig into my business. And how many times do all of us have stacks of AAPC magazines we want to read through and and just sit and read them. I just got a a new book um, that was something that I've gotten halfway through, but I wanted to just sit and read it from attorney Suzanne Lee Wahlberg on compliance for physician practices. And it's awesome because for small practices. And so there's just so many things that I want to do. I also write books myself and I haven't had a chance to sit down and just write and so I, I just want to you to keep in mind that for those of you that are consultants, those of you that are employees, those of you that feel like you're so overwhelmed with your job and with what's going on, take some time to reflect about it and just, you know, have some quiet time and the sun's starting to come out. Well, in parts of the country, I'm in California, so we're starting to warm up a little bit. But just, you know, think about what you really love doing. And for me, even though I, I'm good at auditing and I like auditing, it's I love writing and that's what that's what I love doing. And so it was just kind of a, a wake up call or reflection to figure out what do I want to do? Well, I want to read more. I want to learn more and I want to write more. And so what I've tried to really do is start my day at least catching up on all of my reading for information. I realize it's work reading, but sometimes we are going through some of our uh, alerts that we get from Medicare, from different regulatory sites, and we're skimming. We're actually not reading it. We're not going through and dissecting it and fine tooth combing it. And we really need to do that. And don't even start watching videos, you know, unless it's your favorite informative and it, it's going to help you podcast or whatever. Uh, you know, I like the audio only better, but only because we can listen to it in our car. But just set aside just a small block of time, either every day or at least every week, and don't differ from it, don't divert from it. 
and just think about, you know, start your day with learning, start your week with learning, and it'll really give you some ideas on where, what direction that will start to give you a little bit more excitement about where you are in your career, in your job, and it'll just start your day and your week off a lot better. So from somebody who works seven days a week, 80 hours a week, who's now going to get to take a day off um, during the week and be less busy. And you know, you've heard me say, I just put in a, a pool in our house and I feel like I haven't really been able to use it as much as I wanted to. So now I'm going to take that time and, and get in the pool and get moving um, at least five times a week. But it's just protecting your time and making sure that you continue to realize that your time is your time and you have to you have to make lists, cross things off, but then walk away. You know they're always going to be there. It's it's not going anywhere. But protect your time. Start your day, start your week with some learning and reflect on what you really want to do in your career and in your job that makes you happy and find a way to get there. Whether it is scaling back something that you're doing or switching directions, um, I just think that that would make such a difference in not just our attitudes, because right now, whenever I read the mail or I read, I should say, whenever I read online email or I read uh, what's going on in politics, boy, I need to stop doing that. It just it makes me depressed as far as just, you know, it's it not not clinically, but it just makes me think. Why did I open up my social media? Why did I do that? I, I'm much happier focused on certain work that I'm doing, things that I really love doing. And um, I just wanted to put that out there because I know we all get very busy, um, but you want to do things that make you happy. You want to protect your time. And you, if, even if it's a leisure book, if you want to sit and just read a book, do it. You need to, you need to make the time for it because we haven't been doing that. And I, I just think it's really important. Okay, so what are we going to talk about today that has to do with coding? Well, a couple things have come up for me lately, and I, I just want to kind of um, really stress about some things you can bring to your physician's attention when it. And I was doing um, an EN, uh, ENM 2023 uh, session for a couple of clients of mine, and one thing that I think people miss sometimes in the ENM sessions is the fact that you also have to talk about diagnosis a little bit. And we've had some uh, new codes come up when it comes to social determinants of health. And the doctors are always, and providers are always wanting to say, well, I refilled medication, so that's a level four visit. Okay, move on. <laughs> that's not necessarily a level four visit if you aren't managing their prescription drugs. And I've, I've podcast on this before, but maybe focus on things that you are doing that you aren't documenting. What about social determinants of health? You know, the conditions in, in patients' environment, you know, where they're born, where they live, where they learn, where they work. You know, there's certain things that, that can affect their health that are part of the clinical profile of their story, of their functioning, their quality of life, their outcomes, their risks. And CMS framework, you know, for health equity includes some of these priorities. And you need to expand, not just collecting and reporting these services, but the analysis of these services and putting them into your EMR and part of your um, your encounter for that patient. Think of some of the new codes that are out there. We've got Z55.6, problems related to health literacy. Um, we've got Z58.81, um, basic services unavailable in a physical environment. That's a real big one. What if you have some foster kids or you've got 
um, that are patients or certain patients that don't even have basic uh, hygiene services or basic educational services. And it's hurting them in their physical environment in, the, in a clinical way where they can't get, you know, what they need to get better or what they need to be, you know, a, a healthy person. Um, inadequate housing is really a big deal. And one of the new ones was what I was, I was actually surprised at this personal history of child financial abuse. So, you know, that maybe that child and I bring up the foster kids only because there's a, an issue right now in this side of the country, um, where, you know, you get paid to be a foster parent, but they're, uh, you know, abusing and I'm air quoting children in a way where they're not spending that money based on what the child needs. It's only based on what the adult needs. And that's wrong. That could be, you know, a personal history of financial abuse, Z62.814. So it's important that you look at some of these things in social determinants of health that will help support that level four, if that's where it takes you, takes you. So some of these updates, and now that I 10, since the pandemic is updating, not only um, their diagnoses in, um, in October 1st, as they always do, but since the pandemic, they also give us new codes are added in April. So that started a couple of years ago. And I think this is really important to just be aware that your physicians are maybe be may be missing some of this, but that's also a discussion when it comes to training on the ENM services. Because I'm telling you, when we're when especially in the hospital, if there is a high risk patient, um, and if the condition, let's say, is you know severe, and it there are some contributory um, elements of that condition that relate to social determinants of health, that's going to help support those levels of service. Also in the office, you don't want to miss that as well. But there, there are some things that are missing when it comes to understanding how to incorporate those problems addressed. Remember, problems addressed lead to a diagnosis. So I think sometimes I'm seeing that from an auditing perspective, a lot of people are either auditing or reporting or um, documenting based on coding and, billing, coding and billing principles. And you have to look at it beyond that. You have to look at it as a clinical profile, as a patient's story that some other provider may be reading what you read and, and what you're documenting. And you want to make sure that um, they don't counteract or contradict what you are planning for that patient from a treatment perspective, because it could set the patient back. And so always look at your consults as your encounters as an opportunity, an opportunity to, to give a total health picture on that patient, not just from an ENM you know, encounter perspective, but also from an ICD-10 perspective and calculating and understanding uh, and documenting everything that um, could be questioned, not just in an audit, but from another provider that's really looking to um, look at your record and help with that patient's outcome. So it, it's just so important to continue with a lot of that information um, because I'm noticing that so, so many things are lacking when I see it in the history and then I don't see it um, in, let's say, in the exam or I don't see it in a problems address. So I'll see a patient that, you know, maybe complains about something, but I don't see it really looking at, uh, look, looked at by the, the provider. And another thing that comes up a lot of times as well is that I'm now, now seeing as we get into 2023 rules 
that a lot of providers are now documenting everything based on time. Why would you do that? So you have, first of all, first of all, you have to document what you did. Now, obviously AMA says you don't have to list every little thing, but I'd want to see most everything that you did, but you're trying to meet a time threshold instead of uh, reporting what you actually did. It's much easier to meet a medical decision-making element than it is to meet a, a complete time element. Also, have you ever heard of the phrase, a medically unbelievable day? When you have, let's say, a four-hour block for patients, and I'm seeing 10 level five visits, that's a medically unbelievable day. Now, that's not my phrase. That's Sean Weiss from The Compliance Guy, and I I stole it from him. I told him I was going to. And I, I just, that phrase is stuck with me because it has to be believable. It has to, what we call, make it make sense. Otherwise, it's not going to bode well for you or your practice and it's going to come back to to bite you. So make sure that you're making it make sense and that uh, you're not just defaulting to time, that you're actually using that medical decision making. And if it turns out that it is primarily a counseling visit or primarily a visit just to really, you know, talk to the patient about outcomes and, you know, what to expect, then maybe it should be about time. But if it's really about, um, ordering tests, still working up the patient, um, determining what their plan is, things like that, then that is more of a medical decision-making process. And remember, anything you charge for as far as a test, um, you can't also charge that time. Whenever there's a, somebody asked me recently, they said, well, our clinical staff, since they've been allowed to since 2021, they're the ones that do, you know, the history and review systems and the first part of the exam as far as vitals. I said, that's great, but you're timing your visits. You can't include any of that time. You cannot include any of that time that ancillary staff or clinical staff work um, on the patient. It can only be what that particular provider does. So if I don't see that carve out and I know that's happening, I carve it out for you from an auditing perspective. And I know this is now starting to be looked at um, through many payer audits. So just, you know, as we go through and we're, we're learning and trying to figure out how to make this 2023, you know, these E&M rules work, and it's tough, especially in the inpatient observation status uh, with place of service that's going to be different for the same codes. Uh, it's important that you relate to Um, your providers that, look, this is about you and it's about the patient. It's about your thought process that gets you from this point when they come in and you're addressing the problem to this point when you're ordering information, ordering tests, ordering diagnostics, and determining what the risk on that patient is and then how you're going to manage them or treat them. And we can't figure that out unless you tell us. And so it's important to do that with also uh, supportive documentation and diagnoses. Now, for my personal tidbit today, it is kind of personal and it's kind of work, but I wanted to shout out to some great people, Brenda Knapp and Roy and uh, Ronald and David, um, a lot of guys this month, um, actually giving me some great feedback on the podcast. Thank you guys and gals. And it's just been really nice. So um, Stacy, Maria, uh, Andrea, um, Christine, and Christina. So thanks for, for all the such positive feedback. I, I can't even tell you how nice it is to open up an email and somebody saying, I just want to send you a quick note to thank you for continuing your podcast. We love them. So I can't tell you much I appreciate that. And yes, for those of you that asked after I complained in December about um, po- um, 
Brussels sprouts. I think a dozen of you sent me Brussels sprout recipes. All I'm here to tell you is that they're evil. They are not good. And I don't care what you send me. It's not good. <laughs> so same with white wine. Ew, you know, red wine all day, any day. But yeah, no, you guys, you're not talking me into it. I, I just don't care how you try it, but you're not talking me into it. Um, but the last thing, so as most of us have been working remotely for the last couple of years, um, and I know I mentioned, you know, get moving and stuff, try also an app. There's a couple of them that are free that I thought was kind of cool. One is called Stand Up the Work Break Timer. So it's free. Uh, it sets times and intervals between five minutes and two hours uh, that conform to your workday. The app won't send you reminders before or after work unless you want them to, but it schedules you schedules you reminders to stand, drink some water, and just walk for 10 minutes across the house back and forth. And we forget to do that. I can't tell you how many times that I start my day and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, this sounds weird, but I need to go pee, right? And it's been three or four hours since I've stood up and I'm like, okay, hold on a minute. Let me let all the, the blood rush down to my feet. Uh, so we need to get moving. Otherwise, we are going to be very, very old and crickety. Uh, so I thought that was just something kind of cool. Um, Randomly Remind Me is an app for Android. So if you don't have an iPhone for the stand up, the work break timer, use Randomly Remind Me. And that's for the Android. And it's very similar, sets reminders. And just get up and stretch and drink more water. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was something fun that, that I would send over to you. Um, and I hope that some of you actually take it to heart and use it. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. My husband actually left for um, Vegas for a golf tournament with his brother. So he's gone for a few days. Uh, so yes, I do not have a Valentine today. What can I say? But um, when he gets back, I'm sure there'll be something going on. So anyway, hopefully everyone has a great day, a great rest of your week. And I will talk to you soon on the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma, music producer Assassin Music. <laughs>